Hello, and welcome to the My Leap of Faith podcast. My name is Gabrielle Genter, and I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling, to discovering myself through the help of energy healers, shamanic practices, grounding in nature, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. This is a journey of being stripped raw to the place of knowing no thing, as it is there we are able to open our hearts to everything and create a new existence on Mother Earth. My hope is to demystify the process of becoming one with your higher self and sharing your light from that place, and I want to bring you along for the ride. Send us farther than our legs can carry us, but Hi everyone, welcome back. If you're new here, I'm Gabrielle. I feel like I know most of you, but if I don't, um, I'm really happy to have you. So this is going to be a story time, <laughs> so get ready for it. I am going to say, if you haven't already listened to the episode called uh, A Way to a Crystalline Vessel, please uh, go back and refresh because I'm not going to repeat really the stuff that happened in that episode, but it will tie into this one. So this is all about the liver cleanse. And I this week went into my second liver cleanse and so many things unfolded and I want to bring you on that journey with me so that you understand that the deeper that you go into your densities uh, they become much more exaggerated than (laughs) the first time around so in that uh, away to a crystalline vessel episode I talked about my first uh, liver cleanse which is um, through the protocol of Andreas Moritz and um, just my like takeaways, my suggestions, all the things. So I, this time around, I knew it was time for another cleanse and I prepared, I got the the Epsom salt capsules. So I knew I was going to have that support instead of having to drink Epsom salt directly so I was like thinking, oh, this, this is going to be a fairly piece of cake, you know, like it's not going to be that difficult. But man, was I wrong. It was way more intense than the first one. And the way that I feel about it now on the other side is that the first layer of those gallstones being removed were like just the tip of the iceberg. It was like the deep, this is how I'm feeling it. The deeper we go into those um, densities, the more stuff is purging with those densities. So the begin- the first part of the cleanse is five to six days of apple juice, which that part is not difficult. Then you have to have um, a colon hydrotherapy session, which again, for me, not that difficult, was okay. But I was supposed to start the cleanse on last Friday. And the way that you prepare for the actual cleanse is you only have a very light breakfast and then you don't eat until you don't eat the whole day. And at 6 p.m. is when you start the Epsom salt protocol. So my partner, Richard, got home around, I don't know, four or five, and he wanted to go out to dinner. And I was like, uh, I'm going to do my my colon cleanse tonight. And he was like, oh, well, 
do you need to? Can you can you do it another day? And that was kind of my mistake. Like, I don't know why I planned it on a day that we usually go out to dinner or, you know, over the weekend where we do stuff together. Now I know if I can do it on my own during the week, it's much better. <laughs> so I was like, uh, yeah, I'll postpone it. Because at that point, I'm starving. I'm kind of like, oh, do I, you know, it's kind of was like an excuse to postpone it. And I knew I had to postpone it till Sunday because Saturday night had already made plans to go to dinner with my mom. So I knew, okay, I'm going to postpone it for two days, which means that you just do the apple, apple juice, the liter of apple juice for two more days. Okay. So that's the setting the story. What happened is that on Saturday, Richard and I were like going nonstop. We got up at seven. We went to breakfast. Then we um, we came back home and we're like planning out and, and like discussing starting a vegetable garden. And then we decided to go downtown and, and check out this artisan bakery. And then we decided to go to um, a nursery and talk to some people there about like starting the garden. And we were just like in the car going, going, going all day long. And around three o'clock, well, let me just say this. A couple things happened in that that experience. The man that ended up helping us in, in the nursery ended up being like an angel from I don't even know where. He was like the horticulture of all angels. He has like his master's in horticulture. And he was like, nope, no problem. I'm going to help you guys through this. We're going to do it together. Like he got us like so hyped up on starting this vegetable garden that we were like, we're invincible. We can do anything. And even Richard said while we were talking to him, I feel like on a, no, he goes, on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you? And I was like, I guess 10. He goes, I'm at a 12. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but that's like how much like love and support this man gave to us. And then um, he was telling us, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're going to need a tiller, which right um, next to this nursery, there was a, a equipment rental place. So we decided to stop there to see what is a tiller and can it fit in our car and whatever. So we, we go in, we're talking to this other guy and he brings us outside and he shows us what a tiller is and Richard checks to see if he can pick it up himself. And what I notice about this guy is that he has a tattoo on his, it would be his left hand that said, R.I.P. Mom. So rest in peace, Mom. And I'm standing there and all of a sudden, this feeling just comes over me that I need to touch him. <laughs> and I was like, like, I, you know, I, I haven't had this happen before, but I felt like something is moving through me and I felt like my feet were like, um, like nailed to the ground. And Richard looks at me and he goes, okay, are we finished? Let's go. And I looked at him like with eyes pleading because I didn't know what to do. And I could, I didn't know what to say because the man's right there. And I just was like, and I turned to the guy and I just like, I, the, the feeling that I had is that I needed to touch him. And I didn't know what, what else I was, you know, supposed to do, but it felt like, okay, 
in hindsight, it felt like his mom was with me and I was supposed to give him like the encouragement or, or this like nurturance. So I turned to face him and I just put my, my right hand on top of his left hand. And I, and I looked at him and I said, I saw your tattoo. And he was like, huh? And I said, I, I feel your tattoo. And he was like, oh, and then I got scared. I didn't know what else she wanted me to say. I didn't know. So I, I was like, okay, bye. Thank you very much. And I, because I finally was able to move. And then I got, we had taken his card. And the next day I was in the shower and I'm like, oh, am I supposed to reach out to him and tell him what happened? And I still haven't acted on that. But just like there was some energy that wanted me to, to, touch him and I'm waiting for a sign if they want me to say more but at this point it was the first time I've ever had this where I couldn't I didn't have control over my body at that moment like it was felt like you're going to do this it's gonna feel weird it's gonna feel uncomfortable but you're gonna get through it and you're gonna do it and I was and and there were no words it just was a feeling so that was like the like the first thing that I was like, hmm, okay. So then we go and we're going to the next place. We went to another nursery and then we were going to go to a farmer's market. Like we were just going, going, going the whole day. At three o'clock, Richard hits a wall and he's like, I'm hungry. And I was like, I go, well, do you have snacks in the car? And he goes, I'm not a child. And I was like, uh, I have snacks in my car. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> and... He was like, no, I don't have snacks. And he got, he was kind of short where all day he, I told you he had been like on a 12. He was so excited, so excited. So he's like, okay, let's go to the farmer's market. And he tells me, um, oh, it's supposedly in a, in the parking lot of a bakery supply store. And we had never been to this farmer's market. So I didn't know where it was. I, I opened up um, Yelp and I just Googled or I put in, Baker Supply Lakeside. And it came up and I just pushed directions. And my phone automatically goes to Apple Maps, which I don't know if I've ever talked to you guys about this, but Richard has something very much against Apple Maps. I don't really know where it's seeded from, but he cannot stand. And and I navigate a lot because especially when we're in the van going on van trips, he has asked me, I mean, at least five times never to use Apple Maps again. In his mind, it brings us the the, the wrong way or a roundabout way or I don't know. He thinks it's not going to get us there. My experience is that's not true. But in his mind, he doesn't want to even have that energy near us. So because I was in... Yelp and push directions, it just opened up a map and whatever. It started, you know, giving us directions. So we're on the freeway and he he exits and he's supposed to go straight and he flips out. And I'm talking like he, okay, I'm going to say he probably has a meltdown at least once a year. Like if I'm honest, like I can't, I'm not sure of the last one, but like, I would say they're about a year apart, but when they happen, it is like a full on meltdown. He starts, because he, he made this exit and he was supposed to go straight. He's like, don't even tell me that that is Apple maps. And I was like, I don't know. And I, cause I don't care. I, I was like, let me look. And sure enough, it was Apple maps. I go, Oh, you need to exit and, and turn around. He's like, 
I am not turning around. And he's like, I don't, he goes like, I don't even know what is wrong with you. Like he just starts screaming at me and it gets to the point where he says, do you want to get out of the car? And I'm just looking at him like, what is going on? Like literally a half an hour ago, he was out of 12. He's literally dropped down so dense that I am just like shocked. And the only thing I said is don't speak to me like that. And then he just got silent. He got on the freeway and brought us right home. Then we get home and he's like, and I'm not going to dinner. And I was like, yeah, no. I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Because there's no way I want to be around this guy and this energy. So he's in it. Like he is deep in it. And I'm just like sitting there like, what happened? You know, I know he was hungry. I know he doesn't like Apple Maps, but like there, there's no logical reason for this to set him like all the way, like in this anger way he had been. <sighs> so I have to sit with it. And I go to dinner with my mom. And ultimately, also what's happening at this time is a friend of mine, Aisha, who I've introduced to you guys, um, we start talking about my dad. And my dad has not been in my life. My parents got divorced when I think I was one or two, and he didn't raise us. So I don't know him, and he's never parented me, but I know who he is. But she, we had started working through my Saturn again because my Saturn has been coming up again big time. And it's in Leo, bet- like right on the cusp of the 10th and 11th house. And that is like what I would call my kryptonite because <laughs> it is the area of myself where I don't have confidence and I, I don't know how to be in the world with confidence. Like that's if I if I explain it to you guys in my body, that's how it feels. Like I'm always doubting myself. I'm always like, oh, I'm not ready. I don't know why. Like mainly it's around teaching. So um, she's like, you know what? Saturn is what you were supposed to learn from your dad had he been in your life. So maybe you could try to like find out like what what does your mom, does she have anything good to say about him? Like ask her when they met, like what was it that attracted, you know, them together? So at this dinner, I end up going to see my mom by myself and I'm asking her these questions and she's like, like kind of looking at me like with a blank stare, like she has nothing good that she remembers about him and why they got together. She was 16, he was 20, they met at a bowling alley. And the one thing she tells me is he, he knew how to like stand up to people. And I was like, what does that mean? And she goes, well, I mean, like if someone were like joking about him or like putting him down, he, he was not afraid to stand up to people. And I was like, and that's a good quality? Like, what? And she goes, no, but that's all I can remember of how he acted and how he was. I was like, so you're saying like he was like a bully? And she's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of any other reason and I of why we got together. I don't know. And I was like, okay. I mean, granted, this is a long time ago, but... So I reach out to my aunt and I asked her if she happened to know his birth date or birth information... Um, and she finds my aunt who has like all of the, you know, the old photos and the old things from my grandparents. Um, she finds his birth card. So now I'm like, oh, we have not only the birth date, but the time. So 
um, I knew like, okay, there's, there's definitely going to be something here for me. Um, and in the, uh, let's see. I also asked my aunt if she had anything that she could share with me. We all know the negative parts of him, but I was trying to find the positive qualities of what would he, how would he have taught me how to be in the world? Like, how would he have given me the confidence that I feel like I'm missing? If Saturn represents that, that lessons that we were supposed to receive from our fathers, like what, what, do, what don't I have? Like, what, it, what do I feel so, um, lacking? And she couldn't tell me anything good either because she, she has said, and my mom told me at dinner that night, like she, he terrorized her as a child. So I didn't have like no one that knows him could, could guide me in that way. And I got back home and I brought Richard dinner. He didn't touch it. He didn't want, he, oh, he went into our theater room and closed the door. He didn't even want to see me. Like he was so deep in this, this muck that he just shut down. And I, th I think he went to sleep. I don't even know what he did, but he didn't want anything to do with me. So I went, got home, went to bed. And then come Sunday, I knew like, okay, today's my, my cleanse day, which means that I can only eat breakfast. And, and I, you know, then I have to start the cleanse at 6 p.m. Well, I brought the dogs out for a walk. And then when I got home, he was down in like the garden area. And so I went down and I walked up to him and I gave him a hug. And he kind of didn't even like, it's not like he, he did like a tap, tap hug. Like you could tell he's still in it. I'm like, okay. So he went about his day. I went about my day, no interaction. And I, I was like, okay, well, he's still in it. Like, I don't know. I can't, there's nothing that I can say to make this move quicker. And I also know that the, the thing, the catalyst that drove him here, in my mind, is so ins insignificant that I don't understand. Like, like I could say, look, I did change my default map to be Google Maps. But when you use certain apps, it, it, it automatically goes to Apple Maps. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what else to say. It's it, to me so ridiculous. But anyways, he he's not, he doesn't want to discuss it. He doesn't want to even look at me all day Sunday. And then that night uh, I was working in my office and my friend Aisha had taken it upon herself to do a reading on my dad's chart because I shared the time with her. And this started to really illuminate a lot for me, which is, of course, you know, nothing is uh, a coincidence. He has many planets right where my, my Saturn is. He has a whole stellium of planets in that in the 10th and 11th house. And um, it, there, my, my Saturn is conjunct all of them, really mainly Venus. And then it goes Pluto, his... Um, his south node, Mercury, his ascendant, and also right before that is his sun and his moon. So his whole energy is right there sitting on my Saturn. And yet, she tells me that he has, um, his Mars is in the second house and his Chiron is in the fourth house, which means that for a soul that's dealing with those heavy planets, if you start, 
in the fr- you the way she explains it to me is we start in the the ascendant and then we go to first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and then that's your like childhood years and then once you like are at seventh and up that's like your outward facing life so someone having their mars and their chiron in these like informative years of your life and that's it there's no other no other energy there he had a he had a really rough childhood he came in as a very sensitive um person uh his sun and his moon are conjunct in um cancer so she described that he needed to be nurtured and he wasn't nurtured in the way that his soul was needing. And so he picked up the Mars energy, which um, he was raised on a farm. They, you know, weren't, a, they were poor. They, my grandmother was raising a lot of children by herself because he was out working. She had three gardens, a bunch of animals and five kids. <laughs> so... There wasn't much time for her to give that affection. And his fourth house is Scorpio, which happens to be what my mother's sign is, my mother's sun sign. So she brought up like it's not no coincidence that he ended up with your mom because usually people like are attracted to their mother figure, which is this like kind of cold standoffish energy. Um, And... In my father's case, I don't think we've talked about this before, but the reason they got divorced is that he became an abusive person. He was an alcoholic and physically abused my mom. And, you know, eventually she leaves him. Um, The only memory that I have of this time in my life was my first hypnosis, hypnosis regression he counted me down into the womb and had me experience what that felt like. And I started shaking uncontrollably. And he was like, what's happening? And I and I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, is it your energy or is it outside of you? And I could distinguish that it wasn't me. It was happening outside of me. And the moment he said, you're not here to hold other people's trauma, I stopped shaking. And So what I felt in that time or in that space of being in the womb is it was very traumatic. Now, my mom, I know, was being abused. I'm sure that not only the physical, but the emotional stress on her was I was feeling it as as an embryo in there. So I don't know the details and I don't need to know the details, but I felt it. Um, Eventually, she ends up leaving him. And again, it for me, it is before I have a a conscious memory of him being them being together. I don't have any memories of them being married or together. So yeah, she said, if someone turns to a substance with this kind of chart, it's really likely that they aren't able to ever get past those heavy placements. And in the case of my father, he hasn't. He became an alcoholic. Um, he's not in my life. I have, I saw him at my grandmother's funeral. Um, and you know, it was not about me or him. So we were cordial and it was fine, but there, there's just nothing there. Um, but here's what happened in that, that experience. I saw for the first time a compassion come 
through this reading. Like I could see his wounds and I could see that if he came in here with a, a very sensitive soul and chose this life and it handed him all of these obstacles right from the get-go, like she, she described it from age like one to 10, that's where all the trauma was. And if that is the case, it would make sense why he became an alcoholic and why he abused himself, you know, other people. I know wounded people wound others, and that is just an unconscious trait that passes. And now I have a new view of him and have compassion for myself because now I can see instead of feeling like this lack of not understanding myself as a Leo energy, I know why, you know, I know there's wounding there and all of the things that, that, that I berate myself about, about not being ready or not being prepared or not being good enough. Like I know now why they're there and where they're coming from. And, you know, as we move through the, the chart and the experience, we have so many alignments that really trigger and show that I'm carrying this lineage in my body and I'm here to release it. So that like coming through as a surprise on this Sunday night as I'm, you know, preparing to do the cleanse or actually in the cleanse felt like, okay, nothing happens out of coincidence in in my life for sure not. So I'm always like, okay, now I know what I'm working with. Like, I know why Richard's not talking to me. I know that I need to sit with this. And I know that all of this emotion is coming up for me because it's time to purge it. So then as I move through the cleanse, I'm, I'm discovering that it's not just a physical body cleanse this time. So this is my second uh, time doing the cleanse. And if, if you go back, you'll know that I said, once you start the cleanse, you keep going until all of the stones are out, which they say you can have up to 2,000 stones. My first cleanse, I released, I would say 40 maybe. I mean, I, I didn't count them, but that's what I would guess it to be. So going into this one, I was like, you know, like it, the first time felt like just a physical experience. It, it didn't tie to my emotional state. But as all of this information is coming up and my one support or who I look at as my biggest support in this life, Richard, is totally closing the door on me. He's saying, you're on your own here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so the next day I wake up, he still doesn't want to look at me. I'm like, okay. I And I go into the cleanse. Like you start purging. Like, and these stones are just coming through. And this time it's hundreds of them. And I'm sitting there on the toilet, like, like every self-doubt, mean talk I can say to myself is bubbling up. And I don't, it's not like I berate myself often. So I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, this energy is moving through me and look at where you are and look at what, like what you're doing. You're literally purging stones out of your body. (laughs) So is it a wonder that this is coming up? I felt the absolute worst that I've ever felt in, in this life experience because I was consciously aware that all of the things that I hate hate about myself for feeling stuck and not being able to really push past that Saturn (sighs) were coming through, you know, and like it felt like anchors, literal anchors being dropped out of my body. (laughs) And 
it was perfect. You know, like I, I, I didn't get out of my pajamas that day. I literally just sat with it and just let my body move through it and let myself like feel the pain that is in my lineage. They weren't rational. It wasn't like it, they're any, like the, one of the ones that kept repeating is you are exactly where you were a year ago. You have done nothing this year. You have done nothing that you wanted to do. Your life is meaningless. Like these are the things that were coming through. And that's not what I believe. So as I'm like sitting there and these ideas and thoughts are floating up, I'm just like, okay, like obviously this is coming from a part of me that yes, I carry threads of and I have experienced when I try to like push beyond my Saturn and really understand it and embrace it and love on it and embrace that sun Leo self of me. Um, but I don't go that deep. Like I don't go to those steps. And so there I am like just sitting in it and being like, okay, like, this is, you know, maybe this is the new me. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. And then as the cleanse, like, go, moves through me the rest of the day, you know, I'm just, I can't, I can't even really do much else. Like, I honestly, I don't even know if I brushed my teeth that day. <laughs> and then Richard came home from work. And the first thing that he did is he walked up to me, he gave me a kiss and he said, I'm sorry, there, there are no words to express how sorry I am. And right away, I felt like scooped back up into my my like anchor, like or in my what I call like my safety net. Like he is my rock in this life. Like everything. If you know me, my life is swimmingly great as long as my relationship with him is is cohesive and peaceful. If he's in a mood, I'll give him space and I don't like, you know, try to fix it for him. But I feel it. I feel it so deeply. So my, I feel like my home job is to make sure that he's taken care of in his emotional space. And when he does hit a low, I there's nothing I can do. And I know, like, if I try to get in there, it, it's only going to backfire. And and you know, it's not. It, I have to let him ride it out. So the moment that he came home and he he held me and it was genuine, I was like, okay, I'm I'm back and I can be. It's safe for me to come back into this body and like understand now, from hindsight, what just happened. And then the next day, I had a meeting with um, the, my AFG partners, and we were looking at this. This particular meeting was for me only, and and really trying to tune into what energies are coming up for me as we go into our next um, gateway. And it just so happened that this worked out this way. Although, of course, nothing is a coincidence. And actually, Aisha said to me, I think the night before, why don't we do your your meet and greet tomorrow? And I was like, huh, okay. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but okay. But then because I had passed through this portal of pain, I was able to just like lay it out. And we looked at the charts together and she's like, and I was explaining how Richard had been so distant from me as we moved through this. And it was because of him that I delayed the, the, the cleanse so that I could go even deeper and that he could pull away from me. And it was like, you know, the perfect storm. And she's looking at the charts and she's like, 
where's your Chiron? And I was like, uh, it's in my seventh. She's like, yeah, that's why. And I was like, why? She's like, that's like where your wound is. And in seventh house is your relationship. So he was like saying like, I'm going to be the one here that's going to trigger this in you so that you can go to the depths of this despair and sit in it in your own and come out the other side in yourself. And before I started, of course, I, I pull cards before I start uh, any of these episodes. But of course, the card that I pulled is Chiron. <sighs> and I'm going to read it because I feel like as we move through these these cleanses and the more that I understand why these cleanses are coming into my experience and some of yours is that we can only ascend in our spirit and our like consciousness to a, a point. But if you want the vessel to be healthy and move with you, you have to clear what is the densest parts of you. It's the liver. It's the thing that filters out everything. And if you Google gallstones, you're going to see what I'm talking about. They look, it looks like a pomegranate cut open with all of these stones in it. And it says that they're created from the bile that builds up in the liver that's not able to pass through the gallbladder. They harden into stones. And, you know, this can be from the biles, I think, from fats and cholesterols. And even if you eat healthy, like I'm vegetarian, I eat pretty healthy. You have them. You have 2,000 of them. And think about that. Like, what amount of weight is that in your body? <laughs> Some people actually get pain. It's on the right side, right underneath kind of the rib cage is where the liver is, and the gallbladder is right underneath that. So some people will get, like, pain in that side of their, um, their abdomen. You... Like me, I intuitively knew it's time to clean them. But other people will get to the point of pain. So... Here's what Chiron says to us. It's wounds, teachings, and paradoxes. Chiron is a cosmic enigma. In Greek mythology, he is said to be the rejected son of Saturn, who through the pain of abandonment becomes a great teacher and healer. I would like if I am honest, that's how I feel about my relationship with my father. I understand why he wasn't in my life, and I know that had he been in my life, it would have been more traumatic. But I also carry this wound of abandonment. I feel like, especially with male figures, I mean, and looking now, my brother also has abandoned me in a way that hits right at the core of, of you know, anything. Because if I think of the men in my life, it was my grand, my mother's father, my grandfather, my father, my brother, and now Richard. So when any one of them is like triggering that pain that my father initiated, it's it brings me to the depth depths of my pain. Such is the paradoxical nature of this minor planet. It demonstrates that our pain is a great resource. It will guide us to our deepest purpose if we are able to observe it and slowly gently slowly, gently, and with support. When Chiron, when the Chiron card appears, know that you are being called to deepen the work, to delve into tender parts of yourself that require patience and forgiveness. Victim mentality will only get you nowhere. Your past blaming. It's time to let your painful experiences serve as a beacon of light to others. Chiron reminds us of where we've been and where that allows us to go. 
So as I sat with this Saturn placement of like all my perceived limitations, Chiron was coming in and being like, and I'm going to help you by pulling Richard away from you because you're going to sit in this and come out the other side, a healed person. But the interesting thing is it's not healed from like I became consciously aware through understanding my father's chart, but the healing is coming from within me to understand that I am resourced. Like all of these things that I perceive as limitations in my own experience are just that that perspective that I carry because it's in my blood, but it's not real. You know, like none of these things of limitation are actually real. My life is aligned to move as forward as I want to. I don't have limitations. I'm my worst limitation. <laughs> and Chiron really helped me to to kind of dig to the the depths of that that pain to transmute it. So the next day, I got up at 6 a.m., I jumped in the shower, went for a walk, like took care of all the things in the house, and I was on that meeting. It felt like a brand new person because I'm not carrying that pain anymore. You know, I'm not like, like if it's unconscious, it's like this backpack that you carry around with you no matter where you go, and you're going to be swinging it into people. It's going to be heavy. You're going to be exhausted. That feels like whoosh. And now I'm back to the center. And I know 100% that it is this liver cleanse that did it. So in this time, there were hundreds of stones that released. And now I know each time I go into this liver cleanse, which again, they say that once you start it, you should continue to do it until you get at least 2,000 stones out or you stop seeing stones come out and then you do an update or a maintenance every six months. But I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a road. Like I think there's like six more. I think it's like about six, they say that until you're, you're clean. And my God, what else is in there? <laughs> like what depths? And I just feel like, how did we stumble upon a way to consciously and physically clean the vessel of these densities. Like, I don't even know. So I don't know yet what I'm titling this episode, but I hope that it helps you guys to understand that when you're on this path, you have to do the maintenance of the vessel. Like you can't just ascend out of it. We chose these these bodies and it has to come with us. If you're carrying that trauma, it has to be released so that the system can accept more light and more movement. And I'm not kidding you. This happened two days ago. Already new lights being able to drop in. I've been waiting for something to come to me um, in my town for, I would say, six months. And just today it dropped in. It's like, here you go on a platter. Here it is. I, I know that as I move through my experience, the more weight that I can drop in these like perceived uh, condition responses and also uh, limitations, it's like bringing the whole system up so that it it's like you move above the clouds to see, oh, wait, the sun's been there the whole time. I just couldn't embrace it or feel it because I wasn't ready. I was not ready to receive that next level of light. So this this beautiful uh, 
sign that dropped in for me today. I know I'll do an episode on it in the future and share with you guys the beautiful light that's coming. But just know that, oh, please clean your liver if it feels right. Like, don't do it because I'm telling you. Feel into the organ. Feel into yourself and know is this the right time for me? Like, am I too sensitive to go down that path? Also, if you want to take a lighter uh, edging in, I talk about this all the time. I started with celery juice. That was a big process for me for like two and a half years. And then I moved to a year of eating kale every day. So there are ways to ease into it. This is a pretty intense way to go at, go at it. But if you're feeling it and you happen upon this video, I would say it's calling you too. Come inside my heart a little while. Come closer with the honey of your song. Your dance is a code, is a pathway to what's given. I am learning how to listen. Hum inside my heart a little while. From you comes the honey of my song Tender to the tendrils, blooming color, taste and longing for you Who kiss the petals of my reach Our minds send us farther than our legs can carry us But your So we give our voices, so we give our voices to the ones who've left us. So we give our voices to the ones who cry in silence. So we give our voices, so we give our voices to the ones whose speeches running under soil beneath. So we give our voices, so we give our voices to the ones who've left us. So we give our voices to ones who cry in silence so we give our voices so we give our voices to the ones whose speeches running under soil beneath beautiful souls. Welcome back to Mystery School Moments. So as you can see, this has been a journey for me <laughs> and one that I had to go to the depths of my soul to find. Um, you know, we are in the winter months. I've been getting so many signs that it's time to winter. And that to me has meant like really being in the cocoon and really feeling like if I don't feel like there's a share in me, I have to honor that. But as I move through this experience, like I told you, I came out on the other side, like just boom, like out of a cannon. And it felt like I need to share this experience with you guys. So 
the card that I pulled for this um, moment is from a new Oracle deck that I just received about a week ago, and it's called the Bee Sisterhood Oracle. And, um, you know, obviously, you know that I'm a beekeeper and you know that that when I saw and actually it was one of you beautiful souls that brought this deck to me. Um, It was a Kickstarter deck and right away I connected with it as medicine. And so from this deck, I pulled the card Mites, M-I-T-E-S. And the picture itself literally looks like a pomegranate with seeds in it. And and I'm going to tell you, and it's going to be jarring, but go and Google gallstones and you'll know exactly what this card looks like. <laughs> and here's what the message is. Parasite, parasitic pests that carry disease and viruses. The biggest threat to survival of a honeybee. The cause of much loss. You are being attacked. Someone is feeding off you and your energy. This attack makes you susceptible to other entities that will cause dis-ease and destruction. If not checked and dealt with, a collapse of your world is certain. Your protection will need to be in more than just one form. Stay vigilant and check in on a regular basis. This threat may not be visible, but know that it is there and growing off your abundance, waiting for your most abundant time to take it all. Um, hello, gallstones. <laughs> Literally, they are the most dense part of our vessels. And of course, if they if when you look at this picture, and imagine that the bile that needs to move through your liver and through the your gallbladder into your intestines is traveling through all of these stones. What is that backup doing? I know I have a cousin and her daughter both had their gallbladders removed, which the her daughter's only 18, maybe 19, um, and my cousin is younger than me by five years, so probably like 42. Um you know, this is our filtration system. This is not something I I know doctors say we can live without the gallbladder, but honestly, should you? Like, why would you? I mean, we were born with pieces in our body for a reason. And I don't think that this, I think this is a band-aid to a much bigger problem. So the, the idea that parasitic pests that carry disease and viruses. It's the biggest threat to the survival of the honeybee and it causes much loss. Yeah, like think about this. If we're talking about lineage um, densities, where do they, we know they are in the energetic field, but where are they in the body? To me, it's this, like this is where they actually live. So having like a, a double uh, source of, of targeting shadow, meaning like whatever practices that you use to, to do shadow work now, whether if it's meditation, uh, breath work, uh, sound journeys, um, plant medicine, those are ways to, to understand what's there, but to actually move it, it's, it's a physical thing. Like it's not just an etheric, uh, auric experience. It is like pain in the body. (sighs) So please, again, I'm going to say this specifically to you because you've, you're here right now. 
please use the, your discernment, but know that the energies on this planet are shifting and raising so high that you're, it gets uncomfortable. Like for me, it, I haven't experienced pain around this. Like I didn't experience like um, sharp pains in my gallbladder that told me it's time to do these cleanses. But I did feel it. I just knew like, okay. And I told you guys, it came in through the Gabriels. <laughs> and that was the, all the sign I needed. And sure enough, hundreds of these things were accompanying me in this this particular cleanse. So take care of yourselves, take care of your bodies. It's going to be weird. It's going to be uncomfortable. And I mean, if it wasn't, everyone would be doing this, you know, it's something that like to me is like a veiled thing. People aren't talking about this and I don't understand why. I mean, in the first episode I did, I kind of veiled it with the the title, which is the a way to a crystalline vessel. But I don't know. I'm going to have to feel into what the title of this one will be because I I feel like people should know about this. Like, why aren't people talking about this one? Um, as always, I love you. And, you know, there are countless ways that I do. Uh, just even being a mirror for me to know that my Saturn and my, my um, angst around that expression of myself isn't real has probably been the best support that I I could have to face off with Saturn and then like drop my my Chiron wound in there and just go full force into it if I didn't have so many of you guys in my life well I number one I wouldn't be here you know I wouldn't even probably have found the Gabriels because I wouldn't actually because Faith is the one that that sent me the the a different article for their website and then I started following the threads to find this but my point is we need each other and I hope that you guys view me as part of that your journey and part of the process for you as well I love you